you really need to take the time to find the community, look into the community, and make sure that you're selling the right product to that customer. I sell a lot of clothing. There's many times I will be standing and showing it and say, I can't show you this. I won't show you this. And they're like, well, why? And I show it to them and they're like, you were right. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Welcome back to the Selling with Love podcast. This is your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and today's episode is actually a really special treat for me. It's somebody I've been working alongside creating certifications for sales representatives in a very specific industry that most of you are probably not really aware of. This is the outdoor industry. And as an enthusiast of someone that loves hiking, I love bouldering, there's a lot that happens in the ecosystem to ensure that brands get to sell their product at retail stores, that get the right exposure, that have their features highlighted. And around this whole ecosystem, there is a sales process that exists that is rarely in the eyes of the end consumer. And I connected with Dana Caraway as she joined one of my challenges, the trainings I do on my platform, as she was refining her own sales skills and exposed me to the whole world of outdoor industry sales. We've built a certification process for representative because there was a lack of a centralized training to ensure that everybody can operate at the highest level. Now, Dana is the founder of Caraway & Co. and has an agency that represents so many incredible brands and works with retail locations across the west side of America and as such has been regarded as one of the highest standard representatives that people look up to, that are inspired by, and we're here to see what is this all about. Can you have a fulfilling career in sales? And what are some of the things that we might not be aware of that are required as skills and sales that we can develop regardless of what industry that we are in? We're going to have a fantastic conversation. I'm so excited to have Dana on the show today. Dana, welcome. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. It's been so much fun. It has been fun. And I know we've been you know, working together over kind of the last two, three months Going deeper into this industry, talking about sales and, you know, before we even get into something specific, I just want to start with your own mindset, even going back in the beginning, like right now you are a sales representative. Have you ever thought that that would be the title of the career you were going to build? Absolutely not. I started out as a first grade teacher and kind of took my kids rock climbing and fell into climbing and the love of the outdoors. And the last thing I thought I would ever be doing is number one, sales. Number two, getting to sell something I love too and love to play in. When you first, you know, because now I know you're doing sales and you're doing this with a lot of the values that I speak about when it comes to selling with love. And, you know, we reinforce this in the way that we built our training. But I'd be curious to know when you were back as a teacher and enjoying the outdoor and you would have been exposed to potentially an opportunity to be in sales, what were the initial preconceptions that you had about what sales would be like? Mm, That's a good one. I guess it's, you know, that time you go and buy a car and you're like, oh, that feeling of like someone selling me something. Is it legit? Are they being authentic in it? Is it really going to be for me and what? towards caring for what I want. And of course, you're thinking, no, it's the dark side. It's not very 
truthful and they don't care about you and all those feelings that you get sometimes when you walk into sales. And I can tell you it hasn't been that way. What have you discovered when you decided to get yourself into sales with all these assumptions that you had and then you realized that there were some differences here? Yeah, it was really, you know, I don't want it to be that way. I'm going to be a good partner. I really care about the people I sell to. I really want to listen to them to really see what their needs are and to create an environment that we're both working together for them and their success in their business and also my success in my business and my team and their team. So it's really joining together. When I hear you say that, it sounds like anybody who's maybe going into a sales role, like because sales needs to happen in every industry. And here we're talking about one that you had some passion for. It seems like most, if not all of the people that would be going into a sales role in an industry they have passion about would start with some similar assumptions or at least goals or wanting to do their best, wanting to listen. This seems like very human types of ways of doing business. But I'd be curious to know if this is kind of the assumption that you went into it, do you think it's the same for most people who get in that industry? And if not, do you think that there's a reason why we still see bad sales representative in various industries? I think a lot of people get into a sales rep position in the outdoor industry thinking about sales, but also thinking, oh, I'm also going to be able to do it on my time and continue to, we love to still play outdoors, but it's going to be playing outdoors. It's going to be just talking about what I'm stoked on. It's going to just be so much fun. And it is, although you still, there's a big responsibility to up-level our outdoor industry rep as a business leader as someone who runs their own business, the reputation of showing up and showing up and making sure that they're continuing to have that care for our industry that we love, our environment that we love, and the stores and the retail that we love and the brands. It's also, it's a very interesting position that a sales, independent sales rep is in. You're not always thinking and representing the store and or your retailer, you're also representing your brand, your boots on the ground, making sure that your brand is being represented in the light that they would like you to be, and that you're a great ambassador for your brand and yourself. It's your reputation in the end. You're the one being hired by the brand and you're the one talking to the retailer. When you talk about retailers or these dealers, and I know I had to learn some industry terms when we started working together, your job in essence is to take brands, and I'll use some examples that maybe majority of people would know, but think North Face, think Patagonia, all these different places that have outdoor gear and they want to bring it inside retailers to be sold on their shelves and in their storefront. And so what is the typical engagement or vibe that you would have as a sales representative? And we've already talked about what are the assumptions people have about sales rep when you walk into a new location like how receptive are people when a sales rep comes in is it more like uh, love and other drugs where it's a pharmaceutical sales rep that comes in and they're expecting freebies and gifts or is there you know shut the door on the independent sales that you would think from like a vacuum salesperson that goes door to door what is the reality of your world as a sales representative when you go out and do prospecting Mm. 
Good question. I think the first one is when we walk into that store, we are looked as like, yeah, the sales reps here. But what's so interesting time after time, people are the floor staff, the buyers, the owners. When we get in the store, they're actually looking for knowledge. They want to know how to sell the product that we're selling to them, how to increase the sales, how to be the best partners they can be from their store or retail location to their community. They're also doing a large service for their community, and they want to make sure that their community friends are happy with the purchases they're making from the store. Just as I said, it's my reputation. It's the retailer's reputation once that product goes out the store. So a lot of times, yes, it's fun. You know, we'll do clinics and free product, but it's so important to give the knowledge that we have as reps from our brand and go ahead and transcribe that and give that to the floor staff, boots on the ground, that they can also talk to their community in their community's voice and make sure they have sell-through and sales too. There's, um, in the concepts of selling with love, we talk about love the client, and uh, that's having an understanding of who the client is. Uh, It doesn't seem like we're talking about just having the store owner as your client here. There's a lot of different stakeholders and a lot of different people that get affected by your sales process. And so how do you manage all the different people in a sales process to ensure that it results in a success? Mm. There is an ecosystem there for sure. I mean, we talk all the way from as a sales rep being part of the development of the product to the product coming into the time that you get to sell it to the store. So the development of a product to the product being launched to a sales rep from the brand. And that is such an exciting time for all of us. We're all excited. What's the new stuff? What's the new cool tech? What is all of that? And then we get to take the product that the brand has worked over probably two years on, and we get to then introduce it to the retailers, the buyers, the communities. So we then take it to the retailers, and we're super stoked and excited about it. And we get to ask them, Please bring our product in. This is the why. This is how cool it is. I'm going to be there for you. We're going to make sure it goes to the next step of once it's ordered, once it's manufactured, it lands at the stores. And then we come back in and we get to really just what we were talking about, get excited with the staff, talk about the new super cool tech. Then, you know, this shoe can, you know, make you climb harder. This, you know, all of that fun super tech stuff. And then they get to go, and in their own way, the floor staff and the owners get to go sell it to their community. So there's a full ecosystem going all around that we all get to be a part of and get to be excited about and get to put our spin on it and care about it. We care about it so much. And then we need to make sure that all of our brands have success and that our retailers have success and that we have success. I hope I don't misquote this, but... I believe it's Brian Tracy who says that sales is this transference of enthusiasm. And I was going to ask you to elaborate a bit more on what role does enthusiasm play in being successful in sales? Oh, huge. (laughs) I think I'm kind of thinking it's really interesting how you get excited. I mean, you're like, okay, it's a really cool jacket, but it's not just the jacket It's telling the story of what you get to do in the jacket or what your customer or, you know, the 
the family gets to do and I'm going to use a tent, you know, they're going to go car camping. They're so excited. It's more about the experiences that you get to have with a product and that we even get to share the experience. Everybody from the brand to myself as a rep to the store staff gets to go try it to the consumer. get, And it's the stories that come back from the product of what they got to have that experience in. So that's where you get so excited about it and the places you can go. I guess I quoted Dr. Seuss, but <laughs> <laughs> we get to bring a lot of quotes on this show. It's very interesting because I've had some guests who came in to speak a lot about the power of storytelling in sales as well. And I think you're right. A term that would be used possibly in online marketing is also future pacing, which is like imagining yourself with the product and the stories you could place yourself in as you go and sell it. But what I find fascinating about the role in sales that you play is like, you need to enthusiastically, quote unquote, infect the people at the store. So they're just as excited as you to be able to sell the products that come through the door so that it ends up in a success for the B2C, the consumer who walks into that store and actually buys it. They don't usually get to talk to the sales rep from the brands that come in sales to the businesses. They speak to the store staff and all of the people there. It's like your job is to almost be a sales manager to all of these floor reps, which don't actually work for you, but to inspire them and get them moving products that actually supports sales numbers for the store, sales numbers for the brands, and then you getting reorders and bigger orders because everything moved well in the whole supply chain. And I, I want to elaborate that because I think for most people, they either have kind of two sides of imagining sales, which is like, I'm directly selling to the consumer or I'm selling to big corporate clients or businesses for like employee workshops. And I think here you're talking about an ecosystem. And again, when we first started having conversations, we realized there's such a big ecosystem at play that most people aren't exposed about, but the principles of sales are so beautifully in action. And this is what I loved with the conversations we've had. And, you know, all the industry peers were part of the training we did together. And I could see how they looked up to the way that you operate in business. And you know, the way you explain it is so beautiful because it's all about enthusiasm. But I also want to talk about the other side, which is when rejection happens. So like, what does a negative sales outcome look like in your role? And how do you manage that quote unquote lost opportunity? Mm -hmm. There's a few different ways that a negative can happen. Number one, you sell it in and you never communicate again. You just, okay, the product shipped. It's going to sell and you don't communicate. You're not in on both ends of it, even like the brand, you know, you communicate, is it selling in? Yes, it goes in. You communicate to the dealer, it lands, nothing, crickets. You don't hear how'd it go? How's your sell through? What can we do for you? That's one way it, and if it happens season after season, then unfortunately as an independent rep, I'm not doing my job and I'm not respected in the industry as someone who's going to really take a care for the customer. The other way is trying to sell a store the wrong product. If you don't know what that store does, I'm just going to use an example. If you're trying to sell what I know, rock climbing shoes to a, a store that sells skis, you're not looking into their community. What do they sell? You don't know. I think you said early, you don't know your customer. And so that's not really being effective in what you're doing. You really need to take the time to find the community, look into the community, and make sure that you're selling the right product to that customer. Even when I look at, I sell a lot of 
clothing. There's many times I will be standing and showing it and say, I can't show you this. I won't show you this. And they're like, well, why? And I show it to them and they're like, you were right. You know, you just need to make sure you can read and have that relationship with your customer. If you're trying to stay focused on getting work done and eating throughout the day is something you think about, have to decide, and you're not sure what to do, and you just wish an option was available where the right meal with all of the specifications you want be available to you, easy to make, under two minutes, well, luckily for you, Factor is available where you have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie. And you can enjoy over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons to help you make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So what are you waiting for? You can get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking up for something fast that's upscale option done very easily. It's flexible on your schedule where you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. No prep necessary. They're 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup necessary. Head to factormeals.com slash sellingwithlove50 and use code sellingwithlove50 to get 50% off. That's code sellingwithlove50 at factormeals.com slash sellingwithlove50 and you'll get 50% off. Not bad. Well, I wanted to imagine in a scenario where you have had that negative mismatch of product, right? Because I'm sure it happens where, you know, you'll get a buyer who will, you know, order a ton of stock, maybe put in a big order. And then you realize that there is a mismatch with, the sales volume that you would expect this product. And so now it's like you've made the sale, but what you end up with a dissatisfied customer stuck with inventory. So how do you navigate that whenever it happens? That's a good one. And it does happen for sure. What we try to do is we work with our brand and we ask our sales manager and say, can we do a swap? Can we switch something out? Their dollars are tied up into inventory that they can't move. What we're going to be as a better partner is if we can swap the product out. Can we give them a larger discount so they can move it faster and put it on sale? So we are really always looking to be solution-orientated partner in that. Anything that comes in, we want to make sure they have the sell-through. We don't want to come back in and see it there a year later. That's not benefit to anybody. So we really try to continue to find solutions all the way through you know, this season. And again, that I keep saying the, you know, ecosystem is we all need to work together to have that. You know, if it happens year after year, then unfortunately, we might lose that customer. And that's not us being solution oriented sales reps and partners. Yeah, it's what I actually really enjoy when you start talking about, you know, sales that involve not just transactional sales, but relationship sales where you have long-term perspective, there's just a lot more investment into the account management that actually returns clients, has reorders, and then actually builds an asset for your sales business. Because I know there's a lot of hype in the industry about doing like high-ticket sales, which is very transactional. High-ticket sales from a consumer point of view, we're talking coaching programs or events. And it seems for the reps, is just like you're either on the phone or doing you know, webinars, making that one sale and moving to the next, moving to the next. But there's actually a very different energy that you need to have and even a different personality type that allows somebody to be successful and call it relationship, business, long-term sales. 
what would be some of those qualities you think are most important for somebody in this type of sales industry? Again, we go back to the care of the customer. And, you know, you've said it again, making sure you're selling the right product. What I've really found, I mean, I've been in the industry 20 plus plus years, and I'm still talking to the same dealers and retailers that I sold to 20 plus plus years ago. And it's just making sure you're looking out for them, making sure you're following up, all those, not over-promising, you know, you want to make sure that you're giving back what they need for their business. There's many times that it's going to be a high and it's going to be a low and just really being the advocate for them to your brand that they will come back, that they're, you know, we've had a lot of change that the owner who used to be in the back, they're now selling. There's just been so many changes and we need to continue to be the advocate for the retailer and also there's certain times that I definitely have to be the advocate for the brand and say, you know, you said you would do this, you know, you promised us something, we really need to have that come through. And it's just understanding that we need to work together year after year. And you have to come back with being truthful and authentic and stand behind your word. I love it. You know, when I talk about selling with love, you know, everything you're talking about, I'm just like, yes, this is the kind of things we need to be more exposed to. I'm kind of annoyed by how, you know, the examples of salespeople that we see in the media are very much these like macho aggressive, you know, suit and tie, slick hair, Wall Street Journal, Wall Street Journal, Wall Street broker or, or, or like advertising sales that just makes anybody look at it being like, well, seems like they're compromising on their ethics. It seems like they don't care. And they just have, you know, I don't know, the gift of the gab that they can speak and speak their way out of every situation. But everything you're resonating right now is what I've been trying to shine a light on. And so I'm so excited that you come here and you get to share your experience in sales and you get to inspire a new generation of sales people because I know there's a lot of people who you know, you watch the Wolf of Wall Street and you're like, is that what I want to do? And you'll start attracting a wrong kind of people that actually get into sales. But when I hear about the way that you're doing sales and the success personality metrics and the level of care you need to have to be successful, there's a lot of people who have a passion for their own industry. They have a passion for something. They're like, wow, there's probably a role for sales in here. How can I play that role and do it at this level of vibration, which is really what I've been trying to showcase. And I'm so excited that you come here and you get to be a shining example of that. I want to pick on something, though, because I've heard you say so many times in our conversation the word community. And I'd love for you to kind of define a bit more what does that mean in your industry and what level of importance does it have in the world today when you go into any role for sales? Gosh, there's community on so many levels in our industry. And I mean, to the fact that sometimes when you do have to like really ask for something, it's like, oh, this is my community that I'm asking. Like when I do have to say, we need to do this. But there's community in so many levels. There's community that we all love the outdoors. We all care about the outdoors. We all really care about the environment that we're in. That's why we're all here. Someone, you know, said, here, go climbing with me or go rafting with me or it gave us an experience. And that has already created a community. There is the brand community that you get affiliated with a certain brand. And I love the brands I rep and one I've rep for over 20 years. And I get to have that community. And then we get to bring that community feel to the stores. Like 
it's so interesting. Like we'll go climbing with some of our store friends. We'll go hiking. So it's truly, you know, we are doing sales, but it's so hard to say that because we all really care, enjoy hanging out with each other. When we get into the stores, I love hearing the stories of where the floor staff has been. And, you know, I did it in this and I didn't like that. And I want to hear good, bad, and ugly. It's hearing them say the experience they had. And and we get to even give that feedback to the brands. And then the actual customer buying it. I love going to events because I get to hear like, oh, my God, I love that product. I did. I went hiking in it and it did this for me or There's been times that someone will pull out something from 20 plus years and I'll be like, I think you need something new, but they just love the product and they'll tell me the story of where they bought it from and why they keep it and why they use it. And it's this outdoor is is such an amazing community that keep going like, why I want to give back? How can we continue to have that growth in our community? And you're talking about sales. What's so important to me in this community is we do have a younger demographic getting out there, buying product. We also need that represented in the opportunity for sales to happen for that next generation to learn the skills to sell. And they're going to be selling it to their peers and their demographic. And we need to give those skills and let them grow with that. And that's really one of my passions. You've heard me say it a lot is that next generation of sales reps. And that comes from our community. It's really beautiful to hear you speak about it because, yeah, this was the reason we started working together. I mean, already you're such a great role model for your peers. And I think what we're working together is trying to inspire other people to have a beautiful path on how they can build this career. Learn from your own experience because you had to kind of figure things out on your own as you kind of got into this industry. And I'd be curious to know what were some of your biggest, you know, sales inspiration? Did you have any like particular authors or learning programs or ways that you were able to capture this way of selling that made you effective and caring at the same time along the journey? I would say I have a few role models. I actually just was able to have dinner with, she doesn't like being called a mentor because we're friends, but first female Patagonia rep um, last Friday. And I said, remember, you're my mentor. She's like, we're just friends. But I just remember her like, We'd be at a trade show and she'd pull me in another booth and be like, you know, Dana, she really is good at sales. Like, And it's just really introducing and being open and know that, and this is something I say is as a sales rep, we're all learning together. Like if they need a product in a different store, I'll, I'll suggest the other sales rep. Like we're in this together. Yes, we want to have success. Yes, we want to grow, but we need to actually help everybody out in that Growing up, the other thing I had to learn is it's okay to ask for help. I had no clue how to read a PL. I was a school teacher. It's okay to hire people. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, I don't understand what's going on. Like a budget. I didn't know how to plan my five-year budget for my company. And I hired a fantastic person that helped me get that set up. And I think it's just being able to ask for help. When you're asking for help, it's not that you don't know how to do it. It's that you want to learn how to do it and do it well. So most of it was learning how to run a business when you're on a little island. There's that duality around the fact that you have to do the key activities that bring in the sales versus the working on the business that supports your sales role as an independent rep. And I know at this point you're running an agency, you have multiple people on your team, but how do you balance these two competing for time, important things to do? Because one is spending time being on the phone and really going out and connecting with the people that leads to sales versus 
organizing, uh, you know, business management and all the fundamentals that need to be in place for you to be successful when you do sell. Mm -hmm. I've learned that I can't do it all, that someone can definitely do it better and it's okay. And it doesn't have to be done my way. So I've really learned that there are amazing people. I, I, you've heard me say this, I'm, I'm great at sales. I'm not great at systems. I find people that are great at systems. It even goes back to relationships. I could be selling someone for the past 10 years. I have a staff, amazing staff come on. They have such a better vibe with them than I do. They can get so much more. It's okay to walk away and go, you know what? They can do it way better than I can. And they're even like increasing sales that I couldn't get to. And I think it's really just making sure that you are are not always taking it on because you have to, that you can find, we all say it, people around you that are so good at it and let them do it. And you can just help along the way or, you know, when you need something, ask. If you're confused, ask. But you guys run with it and you're going to have much better success than me trying to do it all. I love it. Dana, there's one thing I wanted to ask, which is, when you spoke about wanting to inspire the next generation, we built this whole thing together because we wanted to make sure that there was at least a path for people to grow that had a lot less unpredictability and at least a way to grow in the future to see. And I'd be curious to just know about what has been motivating you when it comes to loving your impact. And I know you went through a lot of my own training programs around being clear on the difference you want to make in your own life and for your industry. And so I'd be curious to know, like, what inspires you to make the difference that you make? Hmm. It's really being able to to see, I'm going to say, you know, people on my team that are, but, you know, have the success, have the breakthrough. I think I've said before in our agency, I call it an incubator now, that I love that they get to have the tools. They grow the tools. They'll even bring some tools in and then they get to have their success. And I want them to move on into the industry because they're still going to be there. I still get to see them. I still get to have that relationship with them. They might be my sales manager. They have been my sales manager once they've worked for me or work at another company. And that's what I want to see is to inspire the growth of that next generation and current generation to move on and keep their skills and get to hone in what they're good on and then go and do it somewhere else and have success. I love that. I love when I get the call of like, what do you think I should take this job? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you should. <laughs> I love it because it's like, there's this author, I believe it's David Logan, who wrote a book about tribes. And there's this concept of level five tribes, which nobody is a competitor anymore. Everybody's working towards the impact or the difference that you want to make. And with your passion for the outdoors and wanting to get more people to get all the benefits of being more outdoors, being more connected with nature and all of that, I can see why you're trying to always give to the industry because that's the core motivator. It's not about crushing your competitor. It's about seeing more people embrace some of the impact that I know you want to bring into your industry. Dana, it's been such a pleasure having a conversation with you. And what a wraparound, because for those of you listening, what you might not realize is Dana, I think, would have been the person sitting exactly where you are now, listening to the podcast or watching on YouTube and came to one of my courses, which I believe was the Selling with Love Challenge, has taken the basics Selling with Love classes, booked a call with me. And after our first conversation, I said, oh, wow, there's so much more we can explore together. 
And that was how I've been working on building my own community. And so for those of you who aren't part of the community yet, there is a group that we'll put a link into the show notes that you can join where we continue to have these conversations. And I'm looking to level up every person that needs to do sales in their lives in the best way possible. And with Dana, it's been great because we've been able to make an impact across her entire industry. But the key things that I've extracted from our conversation is really about understanding how care and community are so important in sales success. Thinking about the long term and maintaining your accounts, being that once the sale is made, it's not the close, it's the opening of the relationship. We also talked about how when you care about your industry as a whole and you have that passion, then you're actually able to tap into that community to get the insights, get the help, not be afraid to ask for help when it's necessary, and really make sure that you are supported. And being in sales can be great. The lifestyle that Dana has been able to design for herself has been amazing. And it definitely does not need to look like any of the media portrayals of sales that you might be looking at for inspiration. I'm hoping that Dana gets to be an inspiration for you if you are looking for career transition or to just double down and being excited about sales. Which brings me to the final question, Dana, which is you are on the Selling with Love podcast. So what does Selling with Love mean to Dana? Selling with love means to be authentic and to wake up every day just really enjoying what you do in life. I love it. Dana, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really had a fun time interacting with you in this setting, which is to just be able to extract some of the knowledge that I know not necessarily is consciously something you're always exposed to being on a podcast to share your ideas on sales because you usually speak to your industry. But what you've been able to give as a gift to everyone who's listening is just an appreciation and understanding that sales is everywhere. And some of the places you usually don't hear about sales, sales can happen in very magical ways. So thank you for being a leader and inspiration and for doing the sales the way you do it, because I think you'll get to inspire your entire industry and maybe other industries as well, that sales can be a beautiful thing and we can all do it with love. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast.